God bless your heart. It's so good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Thank God for his presence. Thank God for what he is doing. I thank you for being here. Many of our folks are out of town. Many of our folks are in other places, but I thank God for you being here today and God's wonderful, bountiful blessings upon you. Uh, I'm going to take just a moment. I know my time is fastly going away uh, to read some powerful scripture that's found in the book of Mark, St. Mark chapter 8. And uh, if you do not have an outline of the sermon, is there anyone here that's given out this outline? Okay. Oh, thank you so much. You're so kind. Uh, if you do not have an outline, please raise your hand. We'll make sure that you have one. I would encourage you to get this. Look at the many scriptures. There's quite a few scriptures here. And I would even encourage you to put this on your refrigerator or put it somewhere where you could see it periodically because it is powerful. I'm talking about the scriptures. I'm talking about the word of God. It will bless you. I have quite a few verses of scripture. And I would like for you, if you would, to uh, get an outline and, and uh, let's, let's read and study together this morning. Reading from the book of St. Mark. And he left them, speaking of Jesus, and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. And they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is, it is because we have no bread. Verse 17, But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Have you eyes and do not see, ears and do not hear? Do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fra- uh, fragments did you take up? They said 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said seven. So he said to them, how is it? You do not understand. Father, may you add your blessings to the reading of your word. Speak this truth to our hearts in Christ's name we pray Jesus addressing the leaven or the sin of the Pharisees a religious sect of that day Jesus addressing the leaven or the sin of Herod that day or speaking for those disciples to be aware of that but they thought he was talking about the leaven in bread they thought it He was talking about bread and he reminded them of something. He said, don't you remember when I fed the 5,000 that there was a surplus? Don't you remember when I fed the 3,000 that there was a surplus? He wasn't talking about that at all. But the important thing that I wanted to glean from this is how easy it is for us to forget Some of us husbands forget our anniversaries. Our birthdays are maybe of our wives and we forget certain dates. We forget certain things. We forget certain times and we are often reminded. Well, I titled this sermon this morning, Simply Remember. 
Look at the introduction, if you will. This weekend not only marks the unofficial beginning of summer, it is the time we set aside to remember those who gave their lives serving our nation during times of war. We also take this opportunity to thank those who are serving and have served in our military because we can never say thank you enough. But we have holidays to help us to honor those very special people. As we honor the brave men and women who secured our political freedom, we also honor the one who secured our ultimate freedom over sin, as Antoinette was speaking earlier today, over death, over the devil. Jesus gave us everything. He sacrificed his life for the cause of your and my ultimate freedom. And aren't we enjoying that today? We're enjoying the freedom of a nation that we can come and worship without being harassed. But yet more than that, we enjoy the freedom that Jesus Christ gives to us in our hearts and in our soul. In a very troubled time in society, God Almighty gives us peace through and by the sacrifice that Jesus paid. We are told over and over to remember a problem of grievance with a friend. He said, if you go to the altar, Matthew says, and you offer there your gift, and you remember that someone has something against you or vice versa. Get up, leave your gift, and go to that person and make it right. So we have to remember the grievances and the division and the problems and get those things under the blood of Jesus Christ. Second of all, we're to remember his word. His promises and certainly his warnings. Jude chapter 1 verse 17. But you beloved remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the time of trouble when we're faced with circumstances that are not pleasing. We have a tendency to forget God's word. Listen. We need to read God's word, meditate upon God's word. We need to live God's word, but we need to be reminded to remember God's word. Number three, we need to remember the heights from which we have fallen, Revelation 2 and 5. Remember, therefore, from which you have fallen, repent, and do the first works over, or else I will come and quickly remove the lampstand or the church from its place unless you repent. How many of us today can look back over the years and remember how it was to be on fire for God? Remember when we were saved. Remember when Jesus Christ forgave us. We find the same thing in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 5. Look at it. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Almost a repeating of that. Repent and do the first works over or else I will come and quickly remove the lampstand from its place unless you repent. Look at what we wrote. When we lose sight of the seriousness of sin. When we lose sight of the seriousness of sin. We begin to lose the thrill of our forgiveness. And that's what happens to a lot of people. When we, i got to read it again because this is a powerful statement. When we lose the sight of the seriousness of sin, we begin to lose the thrill of our forgiveness. Look at what Peter says in the first chapter. Read it with me. But also this very reason, 
giving all diligence to add your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control control to perseverance, perseverance, add to, go, to godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, love. Now look at verse 8. For if these things are yours, all these that the apostle Peter is mentioning, and they abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then here's a very powerful statement that Peter makes here in verse 9. For he who lacks these things is what? Short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. It's been a long time since I got saved. I was nine and I'm over 50 now. I mean, it's been a long time since I I received Christ as my personal Savior. And I have a tendency to forget what condition I was in and how it was as a sinner. I forget the heaviness of sin and the blight of sin and what it meant to me. And how it tore into my soul and weighed me down. I forget that. And so Peter said, if you don't do these things and abound in these things, we have a tendency to forget. And when we forget the seriousness of sin, we lose sight of all the... And that's where people are today. That's where our society, that's where the church is today. We've forgotten the seriousness of sin. We think we can go and commit sin and it's no big thing. (laughs) I just did so and so. We told a lie. We did this. We did the other. And and, hey, it's okay. It's not okay. If it was a sin back in 1940, if it was a sin when the Bible was written, it's a sin today. Don't forget it. He said, don't forget that. These are prone to losing, not their, their joy, those that forget, which paves the way to discouragement, but their spiritual discernment and power, making them easy targets for false doctrine. We wonder why she, he, why they went into false doctrine. Why are they following a lie? And there's so many people that fall into that trap of a lie of the devil. There's so much deception today. And we wonder, why did they go that way? Why would hundreds of people align themselves with a person like Jim Jones and drink strychnine, drink poison and kill and die by the hundreds? Why? Because of this right here. These were Christians at one time. They attended a godly church in Los Angeles. He said, well, I would never do anything like that. Well, we may not drink poison, but we drink spiritual poison. We poison our minds. We poison our lives because we forget. Can I read it one more time? I don't want to be redundant, but look at it. One more time, when we lose sight of the seriousness of sin, we begin to lose the thrill of our forgiveness. Reason, this is the reason people take for granted what Christ has done for them. Okay. I've heard it 1,001 time, 5,001 time. I've heard it so many times. 
Jesus came, he lived, he died on the cross. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. He was buried, he rose again, praise God, hallelujah. Now let's go get our hot dog. Let's not do that. God challenges us to remember. To remember. We, remember, we need to remember the lessons. Revelation chapter 3, verse 3. And this is speaking to the church at Sardis. He says, so remember and take to heart the lessons you have received and heard. What lessons? What we heard at the beginning. What we cut our teeth on spiritually. The things that we started out with. Salvation. Water baptism. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Discipleship. Starting the church, loving our neighbors, loving our brothers, and the very first rudimental uh, values that we first learned. He said, remember those. We get so way up here until we forget. God, here's where I was. Here's what serving God is all about. It's more than programs and churches and money and television and all the stuff that goes on. It's right down here when I first cut my teeth on the true word of God, the cross of Jesus Christ. I want to go back to it. I want to go back to the cross. My wife and I, as we travel, we hear preachers talk. And they're saying, by the droves, they're taking that out of the church. They want no cross anywhere in that church. Now we can put all, we can, we can line this whole wall with crosses and that's we really appreciate it and love it. It wouldn't mean anything. But folks, when we forget the cross, when we, and this is what Revelation 3 and 3 is saying. Remember those things. We have a tendency to forget. I remember when Carol and I fell in love. I remember the day she got off the, the, the bus. And I saw her get off the bus and I said, my God, I could have had a V8. I just, because we were like brother and sister. We really were. We were, we known each we, I had known each other ever since she was 14 years old. And then she steps off the bus and I said, gosh, she's so pretty. Oh, God, I love her. And I fell in love. I don't believe maybe an instant love, but boy, if it was, it was that day. And I've loved her ever since. But if I'm not careful, I forget the vows I made on Holloway Street at the old Jewish synagogue when said, till death do us part. I forget it. But I don't want to. I could reach over and hold her toe and get so excited. I may not get excited holding her toe now, but I won't forget the love that I have for her. Don't forget. Don't forget. He tells us to remember. We need to remember his sacrifice, his death, and his resurrection. And that's the reason he says in Luke. He tells us in Luke 22 and 19, and he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I'm glad we take communion. It's to remember him. Let it be fresh in our minds today. Let's allow, let's allow ourselves to go back to the, 
I, I, I'm not, I don't believe in living in the past, but let's, let's allow ourselves to rejoice in that, that newness of God. You remember the newness? You remember the excitement? You remember the passion? You remember, let's not forget it. God challenges us to remember, but then I want to go somewhere else. Not only are we to remember, but God remembers. God remembers. He remembers his promises. Genesis chapter 9, verse 16. When the rainbow is in the clouds and I look at it, I will solemnly remember. God says, when I see that rainbow, I'm going to remember. Now, do I think it takes a rainbow for God to remember? No, but I think it between that covenant between Noah and God, it, it was just a sign, a token for that covenant. God says, I will solemnly remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. Can you, can you imagine Noah? Can you imagine him spending all those years building that ark? Preaching all those years? Can you imagine him and his small little band of family getting on that ark going day after day being tossed until that water subsides and the ark rests and he steps out and there's nobody ain't nobody can you imagine being on earth with just seven eight people there was nobody quiet I, I can't even comprehend how Noah would have felt knowing that they were the only people on this earth everybody else was gone then all of a sudden through the clouds appeared one of the most beautiful scenes in the world and he looks up God says Noah you don't hear anybody. There are no streetcars going, not that there were anyway. There's, no, there's nobody to talk to. There's nobody to talk back to you. There, there's just nobody. But look up. I'm God. And I put that rainbow there. So God says that rainbow Reminds him and helps. So we need to remember like he did his promises. He gave them him these assured promise. Listen, listen at what. And it was in three ways. Never again will the flood destroy the earth. Never. Number two. As long as the earth remains. The seasons will come and go as they should. Number three. A rainbow will be visible when it rains. As a sign to all that God keeps his promises. There are literally thousands and thousands of promises in the Bible. Did you know that God keeps every one of them? Not one. Not one will fall to the ground. Not kept. By God keeps every one of those promises. He really, really does. He remembers his mercy and his kindness. Psalms 25. 
Verse 6, remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindness, for they are from of old. God, I, I haven't lived right. I've said things to hurt my wife or my husband. I got angry driving down the highway. I, done all kind of things and God says, I remember my mercy to you. You may have done this and so, but God remembers his mercy. Not only God remembers his mercy, but God remembers. You know, the devil wants you to make people think that God's a hard God and, and he's trying to come down hard on you and, you know, make, maybe even make your life miserable or whatever. He's not. If you don't remember anything else of God, about God, remember he's merciful and he is loving. And he's kind. He's kind. Think of the most kindest person that you've ever met on this earth and add plus to it. That's what God is. God remembers his mercy. God always keeps his promises. Psalms 89 and 34. My covenant I will not break. No matter what the doctor says, no matter how you feel, no matter the circumstances, my covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Wow. Now you can take that pen on your refrigerator, look at it every day, and that will bless you. Knowing that he keeps his promises, Amen. He always keeps 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. In other words, every promise of God finds its affirmation in Jesus Christ. Wow. I love it. God keeps his promises. We can live confidently today, every day of our lives. When the storms are coming, when things aren't going well, you and I can live confidently in the very promises of God. Whether When it comes to our health, Jeremiah tells it this way. For I will restore your health to you and heal you of your wounds, saith the Lord. You don't have peace? Listen, open those spiritual ears. Listen to what he says. Psalms 119. Great peace have those who love your law. Not just peace, but great peace. He gives peace. And then his promises to deliver us from fear. Psalms 34 and 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from almost all of my fears. Did I say it? Did I read it right? No. Not almost all. All my fears he delivered me. This week I went through a time of oppression. The time of oppression. And the longer I sat, the more oppressed I got. 
something, it was over something I heard. Let me tell you, you say, Pastor, you're a preacher, you're, you're a Christian, and you get oppressed and depressed. Well, Elijah did. He sat under a juniper tree and wanted to die. He was so depressed. We are faced with certain things at times. You hear some, see, oppre, oppression, listen, oppression comes from a lie of Satan. Comes from the devil. It's when we begin to doubt. I didn't say unbelief. There's a difference in doubting and unbelieving. It's when we allow this, this, this to happen in our lives. It starts with a lie of Satan. And then the lie of Satan fosters doubt in our minds. And I was struggling with this and I could tell I was sinking into a state of depression. Uh, You say, how do you know? Because that lie and that doubt produced hopelessness. You ever been there? You ever been there? Whether it's sickness, whether it's a job you've lost, whether it's a relationship that's been torn apart. I mean, just your children, your grandchildren. You're just faced with hopelessness. And it just, wow, it's, just, it's about to overwhelm you. Well, you can stay there or you can do something about it. Let me tell you what I did about it. I felt low. I could put my hat on and walk under a door. I mean, it, I just felt that low. But I didn't sit there. I stood up and I began to walk around. And I began to quote the word of God. And all of a sudden, I began to speak in tongues. Now, the Bible makes it very clear that there is an experience through and by the baptism of the Holy Spirit that you're able to experience the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Let me say that again. I didn't say that our doctrine, although that is our doctrine, I didn't say our church. I didn't say Pastor Don. I said the Bible makes it very clear that there is an experience that a believer can receive, whether it's in the book of Acts, whether it's in the Apostle Paul's epistles, or wherever. The Bible makes it very clear. There is an experience with God where you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, when you're born again, When a person is saved, they receive the Spirit of God. You don't receive anymore. You receive the Spirit of God. That's when he flows in and becomes a well. Most of you, if not all of you, have experienced that. But then there is a second, definite, subsequent work of grace that God gives to the believer. And that is what is, we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the first part of Acts explains how that came and the results of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One of those is speaking in tongues. And I begin to speak in tongues. Let me say something about speaking in tongues. I speak fairly good English, Okay. 
I don't have to feel anything to speak it. I don't have to have somebody remind me to speak it. I just talk. I bother my wife talking too much. But I talk pretty good English, okay? When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you receive a new language. It is a new language. And I'm afraid that the enemy has robbed a lot of spirit-filled people from the blessings that God wants to give to them because they're waiting for lightning to strike. They're waiting for a piano or organ or keyboard to play. They're waiting to get in church to worship God. They're waiting to have the right kind of feeling before they begin to speak in tongues. That second language is, is a language that is so powerful. You say, well, I don't know about all that gibberish. Well, I'll tell you what. When Neil and Felicia were, lit, were, were small, they couldn't talk. When they started gibbering and, and saying things, oh, it just pleased me. God wants to hear us. It may not sound good to you. It may not sound good to somebody else. But, but magnify God with the heavenly language. And it can be all kind of ways. Don't let Satan rob you of your spiritual language. The Bible says we don't even know what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit does. Now, granted that speaking in tongues is primarily for private praise, worship, and edification to the Lord. There are times when it's to be manifested in public and Paul lays that out very clear. That's, that's, that's very good. But don't you let the enemy and don't you let people rob you of that spiritual language. I stood up and I began to quote the word of God and I began to speak in tongues. And instantly that spirit of oppression lifted. Just like that. I don't believe all that stuff. Well... A man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. I've experienced it. It works. And I would encourage you. Listen, that verse is so powerful where God just, where I just read, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I don't care what the doctors have said. I don't care what anyone has said. Stand on God's word. Stand on God's word. You might say, preacher, the doctor says I don't have long to live. Well, that's what the doctor says. That's what the doctor says. But that's not necessarily what God says. Just because the doctor says you're going to die don't mean you're going to die. Not now. We will die. But God said, I will heal you. I will lift you up. I will bless you. And I'm going to believe God's word. Besides, if you do die, wow, if you do die, let me tell you something. Paul said, for me to die is gain. We get so earthly minded, we're no heavenly good. I've heard it so many years over the years. We're so heavenly minded, we're no earthly good. That's gone this way this time. That used to be this way, now it's this way. We're so earthly minded. Listen, I'm not waiting for God to take me home today. I don't want to die. Nobody here wants to die. 
But I'll tell you what, if we do, we're going to go home. We're, we're going to go home. Do we believe that or we just talk that? I believe it. Stand on the promises of God. Stand on his promises. His word is true. Don't forget to take this with you. Don't forget to take this with you. Put it up next to your refrigerator. Take it. Read it. I've got the scriptures on here. Take your Bible down. Read these scriptures over and over again. And when the devil comes against you and tries to oppress you and tries to sit down upon you, you stand up and you start quoting the word of God and you allow the Holy Ghost to start speaking through you and you can just make a little dance right through the house. Ooh, hallelujah. And you can say, devil, get out of here. If need be, you can take all. You don't have no oil. Get some mazola oil. Put it over the doorpost and, and anoint the doorpost and go through it. Obey God. Do something. Don't sit down and get depressed and let the devil push you further down. Start standing up and quoting the scripture and let the Holy Ghost move in your life. Amen.